Welcome to Wealth Science. I'm your host, Jesse Fuchsia, Army Ranger, real estate investor, and income enthusiast. On this show, we uncover the keys to attaining financial freedom. There are so many people listening right now who are stuck in that day-to-day, nine-to-five rat race. Luckily, it's only temporary. Each week, we bring on guests that help us discover the steps to build financial freedom, passive income, and generational wealth, so we can live the life we were born to live. Money is freedom. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Wealth Science. I'm your host, Jesse Fuchsia, and today's guest is Drew White. Drew's a former pediatric oncology nurse turned modern wealth consultant for real estate investors, business owners, and athletes. He teaches people the infinite banking concept and strongly believes everyone should become their own banker because all other ones suck. Drew wants to bring banking back to the you and me level. Graduating nursing school with $150,000 in student loan debt, Drew led Drew down a path to entrepreneurship, real estate investing, Bitcoin, infinite banking. Wealth Science, I bring you my friend, Drew White. Welcome to the show, brother. What's going on? Jesse, thank you for having me on. I'm glad we can, you know, do this and clear the air about the whole Christmas saga that we had together on LinkedIn. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on. And again, I, I just for the audience who wasn't there that day, we we're doing the Yona Weiss Challenge. You and I were getting, we're on the panel getting interviewed. We were dressed up in our crazy Santa stuff. I had to take it too far. I went full blown Santa costume and then told all of LinkedIn that your whole family was getting coal for Christmas. Yeah. Meanwhile, your three year old daughter is in the room. Is, is that correct or no? You canceled Christmas. I mean, my four-year-old son was nearby. I kind of got a little. They weren't nearby. <laughs> Drew, <It was> a- <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I can't agree more. And and again, I apologize for that. It was it was a joke gone too far. And now I know going forward. No, it was good. It was funny. I appreciated it. <laughs> Drew, I think your story is so relatable to so many people out there who maybe started down one career path and went to one later on. And, and has found, you know, major success in helping other people, which I think is really cool. So, you know, for the people who don't know who you are, Drew, if you could take a couple minutes and kind of just give us your story and introduce yourself. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show again. Um, so yeah, I, you know, my story kind of, I usually begin where it's, I graduated from nursing school, um, had $150,000 in student loan debt. Everybody told me hospitals are paying this back, you'll be fine. My dad tried to kind of warn me like, this is getting high. Are you sure? And I was like, no, nah, it's fine. You know, um, start make start out making about thirty five to forty thousand a year. And you know, my dad, his background wasn't in money, but he knew a little bit about Dave Ramsey. And I remember like this conversation where he sits me down and shows me how to budget. And you know, and and he's and I'm looking at these numbers and I'm like, wait a second, like half of my income is going to what I just did to myself for like how long? You know, and so that that was like really a like a, just a big turning moment for me because I didn't we can't we won't get into it Jesse like why was I allowed to make that decision at that age I don't know but uh <laughs> I made it right and uh so that really led me kind of that that kick-started like my financial journey because I didn't care about money I didn't really know anything about money at that point and so I went I went Dave Ramsey style I'm not honestly as big of a Dave Ramsey guy now but I followed his path and his program 
um, and uh, kind of developed a scarcity mindset. I was a, I was a couponer at one time. Um, and so, you know, but that I got us out of that debt, you know, and I added my wife's to the debt as well at some point once I met her. Um, so once I got back to zero with Dave, you know, I was like, well, what do I do now? And that's where, you know, kind of some of the Dave Ramsey stuff I was like, I don't really know what to do next. I've only developed this scarcity thing. I had no understanding of debt in my mind. All debt was bad now. So stay away from debt. And so that led me down again, another path of looking at what are like the wealth principles and things that other wealthy have been doing for years, led me towards real estate, led me towards the infinite banking thing. Um, and so that's, you know, so I, I actually spent some time flipping mobile homes um, and then found my way to infinite banking, found my way to you here today, basically. Yeah, it's an incredible start. And I think, like I said, it's highly applicable to so many people out there that are listening who might be in that situation where they have incurred, you know, massive debt and are now trying to find solutions out. You know, I guess in that in those beginning years, Drew, like what are some of those steps that people can take if they find themselves maybe in a lot of student debt or they're not sure how to structure their finances? You know, what are some of those like just those beginning stages that they can start doing right now to fix that problem? So I do like, I, you know, with infinite banking, I don't totally work with people on this, but the, I have worked with people in the past on this. And one of the things that I actually start with is like, Hey, you have a mindset around money, whether you know it or not, that needs to be explored and need, you need to like figure it out. And so for me, I, there's actually a simple exercise that um, a guy showed me that was transformational. And it's really, it's very simple. You set a timer for like five minutes and you say, you write down money is, and then you just free flow. You don't think about it. You just start writing. And what you're going to find out is you're going to find out your true relationship with money. And so for me, like one of the first things I wrote was like, um, you know, that money is basically evil was what I said, you know, it was like, um, and there's that, that Bible verse that everybody quotes about it, you know? And so, um, you know, it's the love of money is, you know, evil or where I'm botching it. But so that was something that came out for me. It was like, oh my gosh, no wonder I have issues with money. No wonder like money seems fleeting for me. Right. It's never like coming to me. It's always going away from me. So that's the number one step. Um, I still budget today. I'm not like maybe an intense budgeter, but I am a budgeter. Um, so, cause you gotta know, you gotta kind of run your family like a, like a business, right? You gotta, you know, your profit and loss, what's coming in, what's going out. I think that's huge, especially if you do want to, you know, invest like you do, Jesse, right? Like you can't guess at how much you have available to invest unless you know your numbers. Um, so those are some really basic ones, but I honestly, I start with the mindset and then, yeah, I think you do. I think if you can budget and at least know what's going in and out, that's huge. Yeah, I completely agree. And I love that you brought up the mindset piece because that is super important. And I tell everybody, we talk about it on here all the time, you know, the most important real estate in the world, it's the six inches between your ears. And it's so true. It's like, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. It is, that is so true. And people changing their perception or whatever about, around money, I think truly is the first step. I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up. I, I think a lot of people out there, Drew, you know, they have, and we all grew up and you talked about the Dave Ramsey of saving money and putting it away in savings and stuff like that. I guess, you know, what is your perspective on people saving money at savings account? I mean, is there better alternatives out there? Or I guess what's just your general perspective on that? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, savings is a good thing. However, I don't, Robert Kiyosaki, you know, I, I, people hear him say, and I agree with him that right now savers are losers, right? Um, the reason being inflation being at reported at 7%. There's some people that I've read, they say, if you go with numbers they used to use to calculate back in like the 
1980. It's closer to double digit. Um, and so if your money's stagnant, right, uh, it's wasting away. It's being devalued because, I mean, they've printed more money in, I think, the past 18 months than they ever previously have. And so the people whose money is just sitting there idle doing nothing, uh, it's wasting away. And so, yes, you know, you can save it up for an investment. That's great. I'm, I'm all for that. But if you're just saving it up to just sit there and, and keep saving it, I mean, in the end, you're losing and it's almost impossible to get ahead now through just saving, which is, you know, we can get into but why I'm a big fan of infinite banking, because there's that one of the big concepts we teach is this idea that your money needs to be in motion. So it's stagnant, right? Um, that's just a, a law of God, law of nature that, you know, air has to flow in and out of your body for you to breathe and live. Blood has to circulate, you know, for you to stay alive. Um, water, if it, if it's stagnant, it's all, you know, nasty and disgusting, whatever. Um, and so that's a huge, that's a huge thing that we, you know, that is part of that whole concept that, that I teach people is that money needs to be in motion. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And to your point that, you know, Robert's perspective or his point that savers are losers. It's like unfortunate that we're in this situation where the Fed has pumped so much stimulus into the economy, but People, I don't think people understand that, you know, if someone's out there, they just have like $200,000 just sitting in a bank account for like years on end. It's like that money is being devalued by the second because of how much the Fed has just diluted the amount of U.S. dollars in circulation right now. I don't think enough people understand that. I'm so glad you brought that up. And your point yeah. about infinite banking, I think, is is super powerful, too. I mean, I, I would love to. I don't, I don't think enough people know about infinite banking, Drew, and especially when it comes to my audience. I mean, if you could go like A to Z from like macro down to the micro about what it is and how it works, I, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. So, you know, um, one thing I think a lot of people don't understand or maybe they don't know is like, when you deposit money in your bank, uh, let's say your savings account, your bank now takes that money and lends it out seven to 10 times, goes and makes money with it, right? They kick you back. I don't know what you're getting, Jesse, 0.2% maybe while they're out there making 8%, right? So that's that's important to understand because what infinite banking is saying is, you know, like it's basically saying, don't put, don't, you know, put that savings, that money that you're going to invest or the money that you set aside for repairs for your uh, real estate or whatever, you know, don't let that sit idly in a bank, put it that the bank is using to make money, put it in your own system, you know, keep that money in motion. And so we use specifically designed whole life insurance as the product. Um, the reason being that, you know, you're going to get certain benefits and it has to be with a mutual insurance company because then you're a shareholder. And so you get, you know, tax-free guaranteed um, growth, you get uninterrupted compounding. Then there, there is the insurance side we don't focus as much on because we're trying to create a banking system for people, for families. Um, but you know, you do have a legacy return as well as part of that that's also uh, tax-free. And so you know, we basically create a system that you, know, you can still use, you can still put it to work in real estate or to put it in businesses, you know. And that's a huge component of what we what I teach, what our group teaches is that, you know, don't let it sit there, uh, take it and go invest it in something that's going to get you cash flowing assets um, and continue to create financial freedom for your family. So that's kind of a broad, you know, overview. Definitely, you know, if you have questions, I'm willing to jump into them as well. 
Yeah, I, it's such an interesting concept. And like I said, it's it's crazy when you start breaking it down. It's like not a pe- not enough people, I think, know about it or know that they can do this. I think one of the most intriguing aspects of it, and you talked about it a little bit, I don't want to gloss over, is like the tax benefits that come with infinite banking. If you could kind of just go into that a little bit more and explain to people like how incredible like this can be leveraged compared to like other investments. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like how a Roth, right? Where you, that money has already been taxed when you put it in there. So, you know, you're never going to get taxed on it again, but you're going to have use and control over it, which, you know, Jesse, I know you're in real estate and most people in real estate like use and control of their money. So then you can now also take that money that you've been putting in your banking system and go put it to use. But when you go put it to use, it's not going to count as income. You're not going to get taxed on that either. Um, And then there's ways that you can structure it where you've now set up a loan between yourself and your LLC. And so then you can set up terms for repaying that loan back. And and I'm not a CPA, but the CPAs we work with tell us that you can deduct that interest, those those payments back. And so, you know, you're getting the tax-free growth also that's always going on no matter what you're doing. Um, And then you're also having some other tax benefits, you know, outside of it. And then on top of that, you have that legacy return where you're going to have a death benefit that's constantly growing that also is going to get passed down tax-free. And there's even people who, you know, use these, they open them on their kids um, and they, you know, and then they, they can transfer ownership to their kids as they get older, older instead of doing like maybe a, a college fund. Cause who knows where college is going to be in 20 years. Right. Um, so that's some of, that's some of the, you know, tax benefit. And when you, you know, when you add in, you know, that, I I personally believe taxes are only going up in the future. Inflation seems to be going higher and higher. You have to think about alternative ways to really protect yourself from those things. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I concur with what you're thinking where like, you know, we've built up this massive debt ceiling. There has to be some form to pay it back. And what's the US, you know, what's the government's number one way? It's like, well, we can tax the citizens in order to pay it back. So I think, I think for like people that are listening, like something I would exact, you know, want to really hone in on is like, you have to find ways to protect your money and find tax advantaged investing, which is huge in infinite banking. And that's why I love talking about it. And it's huge in real estate with appreciation. It's, it's incredible. Um, Another question here, you know, we talk a lot about cash flowing assets and what a great investment those are. And this might be a novice question, but with infinite banking, can it go into anything, Drew, or does it have to be real estate? I mean, could it go into like something like crypto or something else? You know, where's the left and right limits, I guess? No, that's a great question. Um, And yeah, so that's one of the beauties of it, right? So when you go to your bank and you want to take out, like, let's just, you know, hypothetical numbers, $20,000, you get like, the third degree, right? What are you doing with this money? Where's it going? You got all these questions, you know, and you're like, wait, isn't this my money? Right? So with the infinite banking setup, um, you just tell the insurance company, you know, I need X amount of dollars and I need it by this date. And they say, okay, like, we'll get it to you where you want it sent. And uh, so, you know, I've taken a loan actually in the morning, I've asked them in the morning for money. They wired it to me by the evening and to answer your question. Actually, one of the first things I did with my infinite banking system was buy Bitcoin. So I took a loan to buy it. I don't, they didn't ask any questions. They don't care where you're, you know, what you're doing with the money. Um, and, you know, this usually is a typical follow-up that I'll just even, you know, answer, you know, everybody's like, well, what are the terms, you know? So it's typically a loan from the insurance company, which means your money, that's why your money continues growing tax-free guaranteed because they're saying, oh, you have X amount in your account. Okay. We'll loan you X amount. And they're going to loan it to you 5% simple interest. Um, you know, so it's not like APR, you know, like, like, you know, uh, amortization type schedule. 
Um, and so, you know, it's 5% simple interest that, and, and, and it's an interest only loan. So, you know, you don't have to pay back the principal if you don't want to. Um, with the consulting and the coaching that I do, we teach, you know, play honest banker with yourself and pay that back. And we show you how to, you know, pay back even extra so that you're, you're benefiting from the system and be, being honest banker is what we call it. Yeah, that's incredible. And it's crazy. I didn't even know the first thing that you put it into was Bitcoin, which I think is intriguing in itself. I'm not, um, my like crypto portfolio is like 1% of my entire portfolio, but I love yeah. learning about it. And just like, I tell everybody like, you know, pick a hundred bucks and put it in a Coinbase account and just, you know, learn. And as long as it's okay, you know, if I lose a hundred bucks, it's like, who cares? But I'm, I really believe like that has like future potential here in the next like five to 10 years to kind of who knows, replace the US dollar. It's like, who knows what could happen? So it could be crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that's super interesting. And I think like one of the biggest advantages to infinite banking is like taking control of your own. You can drive this vehicle wherever, you know, whichever direction you want to go or, or where you want to go, which I find really intriguing. You know, when you've done wealth consulting, Drew, what are some of I guess, like, as you're explaining this to people, are people ever like, man, is, is this actually a thing? Like, is this real? Do, do people ever get any pushback? Or I'm curious your thoughts on that. I do. I get pushback all the time. Um, because, you know, the main thing is um, people have to overcome that mental hurdle that you're using whole life insurance. And, you know, and I, and traditional whole life insurance, I would have to agree with most people like, oh, it's not, not really a great product, right? You don't really get any cash value. Um, but it's, it's a different type of whole life insurance. We're talking about specifically designed whole life insurance where you overfund it and get that cash value built up early. So there are a lot of people yet. Yeah, that's a big hurdle that, you know, uh, people have to overcome. And a lot of times when I even meet with someone who's never really listened to the concept, I always ask them like, do you consider yourself to be open-minded? Uh, you know, and if, if they're not, I'm like, we might have a hard time today, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and there's, and, and you know, like even, you know, the, I, I'm not trying to rail on Dave Ramsey on your show, but even, you know, Dave Ramsey, he's got videos out there and he'll, he'll smash it, but he compares, you know, apples to oranges, not apples to apples. So definitely get some, you know, get some pushback from people. And it's just, a, it's a, it's a different way of thinking and looking, you know, at the banking system and at where you're storing your money. And, you know, and so sometimes people just, you know, it's something different and not everybody's open to something different, which is a lot of times while we'll work with real estate investors, business owners, we can work with anyone, but a lot of those, those people have already made that kind of shift mentally about money. That's really required and about understanding money being, you know, in motion and not just sitting stagnant. So, so yeah, we do get some pushback for sure. Uh, if it was easy, man, I'd be on a beach somewhere right now with this interview. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true. But like when I look at wealth consulting as a whole, like people like you out there who are really just trying to help people like understand how they can grow their money and the huge why behind it is like, hey, we all want that opportunity of living on that beach one day with the people we yeah. love and, and doing the people we love. And that's why I, I doing experiences with the people we love. Uh, I'll edit that. I totally just said doing the people we love. <laughs> Fuck it, we might just leave it. <laughs> Fuck it, we might just leave it. Who cares? Um, leave it. Oh, I heard it too. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, just pause. Just give me like two seconds because I'm off yeah, yeah, yeah. shot. Dude, it happens like every once in a while. You're just fucking letting it fly. Oh, it was good. <sighs> cool, dude. It's going to happen.
Yeah, but I think infinite banking, it's, it's awesome. It, it helps so many people out there and the why behind it is even more powerful. Um, something I didn't want to gloss over that I also think is super intriguing about your journey, Drew, is like the whole mobile home space and how you kind of got into that. I know it's not so much infinite banking related, but I guess how did you come upon like flipping mobile homes and actually getting into that asset class? Robusta Move was founded from our passion for two of the most simple and amazing things in life, good coffee and good music. Both of these enjoyable aspects of life play a vital role in the bringing together of people. And although we understand that everyone's music taste is different, there's no denying that when it comes to coffee, the difference between a good cup and a bad cup is undeniably blatant. That's why in the spirit of community and coming together, we at Robusta Move have made it our mission to supply our customers with superior coffee that you, your friends, and your family can enjoy. And we'll leave the playlist up to you. Visit robustamove.com and save 20% on your first order with the code VINYL. That's code VINYL, V-I-N-Y-L, to save 20% on your first order at robustamove.com. Robusta Move Coffee. Try it today. Yeah, no, I love talking about that. So, um, you know, I kind of mentioned it earlier. I had, I still had real scarcity mindset and fear around after getting out of the 150,000 debt, I had fear of like, okay, I know I want to do real estate. I know people have built wealth with real estate, but I really don't want to go in debt again. And so I really just, and I didn't understand good debt yet. So, um, I had like most people that are trying to get into real estate or, or trying to get started. I don't know if this happened to you, but a lot of people I talk to, uh, you get analysis paralysis. It's so it's a little bit overwhelming. There's so many avenues, like, where do you start? And so I was reading a, like a bigger pockets article and they were like, well, before you start, you know, you should read a little bit on everything just to get an understanding. Um, and then they're like, so here's, here's everything, you know, and I go down the list and it says mobile homes. And I just kind of laugh. I was like, nobody is making money off of mobile homes. That's ridiculous. You know? And then it's like, you know, now 2 AM and I'm on the dark web, uh, searching about mobile homes and making money like seven hours later, you know, and I find my way to this guy named John Pedro. And I, you know, kind of basically, um, listened to him for months on his podcast, you know, consumed his content. And, uh, then I reached out to him and, and determined actually he was very like good person. That's what I noticed about him on his podcast. Um, and so I reached out to him about coaching me because I knew like, I'm, I'm going to, I've been reading about real estate for so long. I need a coach. I'm never going to do this, you know? So I hired him to be uh, my coach. And then like within 21 days, like I had my first deal. Um, and then, you know, from there, yeah, I kept doing it. And then that's, you know, along the way I learned the infinite banking stuff and I, and I learned some wealth principles and realized like, oh yeah, to scale this, um, I'm going to have to work like 60 hours a week. I'm not that passionate about mobile homes. And then, you know, we can get in this too, but so I, I hold notes on some homes still. So people that were paying me 300 a month, three years ago, that are still paying me, well, they're getting the better deal, right? I haven't been able to raise their prices, even though there's with inflation. Whereas if you get into multifamily and have rents, you can increase that with inflation. So I'm, so I, a lot of those people that I gave notes to originally, they're, they're still getting the, the better deal. But so, yeah, I did that for a few years and, um, and, and near the end, I really started actually flipping for cash because I was getting such big cash offers that I kind of switched my strategy to. 
That's that's really interesting. It's crazy how you got into that, and just from a bigger pockets article, and it's yeah, it's pretty cool. It was like who knew that people out there were doing this. So, were yeah. you going into parks and buying park owned homes that were like beat up and flipping them that way, or or what did that kind of look like? How how did you actually implement this business model? Yeah, so I was going into parks. Um, it's always good if anybody does do it. It's good to meet the park managers, introduce yourself, let them know what you're doing. Um, though I would maybe do that later in the game. I did that up front and I think it's not necessary, but so I would go into parks. Um, I only bought one park owned home and honestly, that was probably a mistake. It worked out. Um, but I really didn't do, I didn't buy from parks anymore because they're just trying to make money and usually kind of ripping you off. And this one that they sold me was definitely, they ripped me off, but I, I ended up recovering, but yeah. So initially my strategy, you know, it's kind of, I'll, take you through it. So my initial strategy was like, okay, I'm not going to take anything that needs like major repair because on mobile homes, uh, you have to be careful. You can't repair it to the nines or you won't get your, your money back. So you want to get it to a point, you know, where it's livable and it's nice. Um, but you're advertising it the whole time because you're, there's a chance you'll a very high likelihood that you'll be able to sell it as a handyman special as you're fixing it. Um, and so, because there's a lot of mobile home handy people who are handy, who just need an opportunity for a home and nobody's providing financing for homes like this. So it'd be like, Hey, I'll give you, you know, maybe a thousand down and then three or 400 a month. If you let you in early. And a lot of times you're the down payment they give you is usually what you already have into the home. So you're already cash flowing by then. Um, later though, I kind of switched to even have getting, I just was waiting and patient for homes that really just were like pretty much maybe needed the dishwasher fixed or something minimal. Um, because, you can imagine mobile home handyman trying to find a good one uh, <laughs> was really hard. And I was like, after one, after a really bad experience where a guy threatened me in a parking lot, I was like, I'm, I'm going to be done with the mobile home handyman and doing like major fixes. So uh, that's kind of the broad strategy for you. Yeah, I know. That's interesting. And we've had Ryan Norris on here, who's also had his life threatened um, in a mobile home park, <laughs> which I think is just another opportunity for people out there to passively invest in mobile home parts so that you can just yeah, get the cash yeah. flow every month and not yeah. have to and operate are, the park. There are, some, there are some good parks, let me just say, yeah. but there's some bad ones. There there are some that hold true to the stereotype, but there's also some that you're like, oh, this is a really nice community. I'd live here. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely uh, the threatening your life thing is, is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an awesome model though, how you guys how you bought it and then got the down payment for what you were already into it. So everything is positive cash flow. It's in my brain, in my head, it's a no brainer, which is super intriguing. I didn't know that that's how the model worked. Have yeah. you ever been on kind of the park ownership side or have you ever had any aspirations to go into owning an actual park or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, uh, I was kind of, that's where I, you know, I guess my like, um, evolution, you know, it's like, as I'm got into this, it's like, I'm driving through these parks and they start realizing, man, I'm thinking way too small. Like, you know, and, and I, cause I saw a couple parks change hands while I was doing that. And I never thought like, Hey, I should see if this is for sale, you know? And, and, uh, and I met a couple of guys who do buy parks and, and they actually, you know, kind of kindly chastised me and said, you know, yeah, you're, you're kind of thinking like just a solo flipper, like, you know, like a tennis player playing by yourself and real estate's a team sport. You know, like you could, you could have been buying parks and doing it as a team. And so there are two guys I know very well um, that they buy parks. And I was looking at and, and doing one with them, 
Um, it's been slow for them the past, like probably seven months since we first had that conversation. So yeah, it's definitely still something on my radar. Um, my wife and I are, you know, we're looking to buy an apartment ourselves in the meantime here in Omaha. Um, but yeah, definitely it's something I, I kind of kick myself because I think I saw about four sell while I was doing that, but I was still in that kind of thinking small mindset and hadn't grown yet. Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. And I was just curious. It sounds like when I look at like a value add mobile home park, it's exactly almost like kind of what you're doing just on whatever a 5X or a 10X level. So like when you were out there networking with all these people, I was curious if like you ever came across an opportunity, but who knows further down the road, or it's, I think it's awesome that you guys are going after a, a multifamily in Omaha. I've heard great things about that market and that there's a ton yeah. of opportunity there, which is really cool. Um, a couple more questions for you as, you know, we're getting ready to wrap up and we, yeah. I don't want to gloss over it because we talked it a little bit, but I'm really interested in getting your perspective on it. The, the crypto piece, you know, where do you kind of see that playing out here in the next couple of years? And nobody has a crystal ball or anything like that. No, yeah. You know, we don't, we don't give any like financial advice. I'm not asking you to predict no, uh, okay. Bitcoin's price, you know, next week or anything, but I mean, yeah. just from like a macro level, Drew, like how do you kind of see this playing out and kind of the leverage or, how, you know, which direction do you see this heading over the next couple of years? Yeah, no. And I, I will, I'm glad you said that I'm, I'm not considering any of this financial advice. I'm yeah. not trying to give people advice to buy Bitcoin. Um, so my understanding on, you know, crypto, I will, I will preface this by saying like, I really only understand Bitcoin. Well, um, other crypto, I've not spent the time to like really dig into and to give people like a quick background. I honestly used to think people who were into Bitcoin were like, total idiots. I was like really judgmental. And a friend gave me a book called the Bitcoin standard, if anybody ever wants to check it out. And it totally made me do a 180 on Bitcoin. And then I was like, okay, you know, I'm all in. And, uh, and so for me, um, I take a little bit of a historical perspective, which is what Bitcoin standard taught me. Um, and then there's another book actually I've been reading lately called thank God for Bitcoin. I can't re recommend it cause I'm only like three chapters in, but both books talk about the, the kind of, um, you know, currency we have right now is fiat, is fiat money. It's not backed by anything. Um, our dollars used to be backed by gold. They're not. Our government is, you know, basically constantly printing more money right now. Um, and that historically, uh, that has never been a good thing when governments debase or devalue the currency. Um, the Romans did it. That's really what led to the fall of the Roman Empire um, is they kept, you know, devalue and in fact i was reading how much their their um, money was worth and, and like how much it weighed and then how much it weighed by the end and it was totally you know different numbers because they kept just shaving it down and, or changing out what what it was made of it wasn't real gold anymore and so for me um you know it's concerning i can't i don't know where we're headed so much of the world uh exists um around the us dollar it's tough to see like what could happen um but that is why I have some, it's not like I'm putting hundred percent in Bitcoin, but why I have some hedges against the dollar, I would say in Bitcoin. Um, but also why I'm a big fan in the meantime of things like real estate and business ownership, because, because of inflation, because you can raise your rents when you're in real estate and when you're a business owner, you can raise your prices. Right. And so those are ways to hedge against that. And so I'm big on, you know, hedging against, so I can't predict what's going to happen, but I can at least put myself in a position to be prepared if, if things that are out of my control happen. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I don't think anyone has an idea of where this could head or, you know, we've talked about it 
you know, all the time here in the last like 30, 40 minutes, but it's like, you know, there is nothing back in the US dollar. I don't think people really understand what that means where yeah. in 1971, like there was for every US dollar, there was actually gold like in the US yeah. treasury that back then. Um, it's crazy to think that that was a thing, but it was real. But once President Carter took that off, took the dollar off the gold standard, nothing now backs the US dollar, which allows us to print at will. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's that's crazy. If you don't mind me asking, what book was that with the Roman Empire? I'm a huge history guy. I would love that. Or was it just an article? Oh no! So that was that was from the Bitcoin standard, and then okay. also from Thank God for Bitcoin. They both address it. Thank God for, for Bitcoin. That was like chapter two that they were just. I mean, I literally just read that two days ago, and they were really getting deep into it. So yeah, um, but yeah, and I I mean I just want to preface I haven't finished Thank God for Bitcoin, so if it's terrible and someone reads it, don't <laughs> I, hold it. Don't hold it you accountable. And I'm reading it, so I you know I hope it's good. But so far the the historical perspective has been interesting. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. I'm, I mean, I can't wait to read Bitcoin Standard. I haven't read that one yet, but I, I really want to learn more about it. I mean, like I said, nobody I think knows where it's heading, but just to have a decentralized currency that can be, again, like when I look at some of the advantages of Bitcoin, I'm like, you know, it can be wired anywhere in the world in seconds. Um, you know, third world countries that might have a weak banking system or something can now use Bitcoin. Yeah. It is. It doesn't rely on any type of bank or anything like that. So it's crazy. Yeah, um, it's totally decentralized. And um, but it is funny. I've gone on some of these shows and I've talked to Bitcoin and I was like, Bitcoin was at 60,000 and I looked really smart. And then now we're, I think we're at like 37 today. And so I don't always look so smart when I talk about it. But for me, I'm a, I have a long term perspective just like and it's to me it's just like real estate and other things like it requires long-term thinking and so that's how i look at it yeah i, I 100 agree with you and we've had jimmy song out here who's like a bitcoin oh, entrepreneur yeah. as like he's one of the writers for thank god for bitcoin no way this is yeah. crazy he's been on yeah. this podcast that's amazing <laughs> yeah he long story short i interviewed him he was like down in tech he's from texas originally he was yeah. like doing an interview with Senator Ted Cruz. And then he like cut out to do this interview, which was like just crazy. I just DM'd him on LinkedIn, but he's like a huge titan in the Bitcoin world. Yeah, um, he's huge. Yeah, just to like bring up like just what he's saying and connect it with what you're saying. He's like, if you just look at any single, you know, five-year period of Bitcoin's history, it's like, it's it's increased. Like it's increased in value. You can't think of it on, you know, one week short. So you have to think yeah. of it in a long-term perspective, which is exactly what you're saying which is yeah it's super interesting who knows where we're headed um yeah. as, as we get ready to wrap up here drew i've got just a couple more things i want to get your thoughts on and i know your background um being in a pediatric oncology and being a nurse there i just find that super intriguing my wife is a nurse practitioner um she works in ob she's actually working right now um and i have such great respect for the people on the front lines in the medical world and what they've done for uh, so over the last, you know, 18, 24 months, you know, I'm, I'm curious being specifically in that sector, you know, working with children who are in those types of situations where, you know, it could be some form of terminal disease or, I mean, what are some of the big things, I guess, that you took away from seeing people in those situations and, you know, maybe looking at life from a different perspective now? Yeah, uh, no, that's really a good, good question. Um, the, you know, the, one of the simple ones is that like, you know, um, life is, we have no idea how long we're here. Right. And, uh, and so I would have nights, um, that I'd come home and just tell my wife, like, without giving her details, like, we just need to be very thankful that, you know, 
our kids are healthy and that they're, you know, and that we're healthy and that we don't have to go through anything like this. And so um, one of the big perspectives that honestly, it still gives me in life today, because I, I let my nursing license expire last year, but um, it's a lot of times the problems that I may feel like are a big deal right now. Um, it gives you perspective on like how big your problems really are. And that really a lot of times they're not, you know? Um, and so that, that was another one for me is like, I would constantly, um, have situations like that where it's like, yeah, this thing that's stressing me out or that feels like such a big deal. I mean, you know, my family's healthy, right? So it makes you thankful for what you have. Um, and for the little things, I think, um, and then, you know, and then there's certain patients that I would learn, uh, just learned lessons from and, and, and that they would be their resilience and joy for life when they're going through those situations. Um, there's like a, there was a teenage kid who was like a, a high school quarterback for a small town. And I mean, I've never seen anybody like him. He was like, he would do push-ups during chemo. I mean, and just like keep working out and had just, I mean, was so resilient. And so, um, I mean, I could go on and on tons of lessons, but, you know, really it provides you with, I think, perspective of, you know, what's important in life. And uh, maybe sometimes our problems aren't as big as we think they are, right? There's definitely bigger stuff going on. Yeah, I appreciate that perspective. And again, uh, so much respect for the people in the medical world and, and what they've done here for us over the last few years. It's powerful. And then being in that specific field, you know, within pediatrics, I can only imagine. And I, I agree with you. I think even in my own life, I look at what's stressing me out right now. And it's like, you know, I know it's, it's like cliche to say this or it sucks to say this, but there is somebody else out there that has it just way shittier than I have it right now. And I'm, yeah. I'm just grateful. And when I, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not a father yet. I know you're a father. We talked about that in the beginning, yeah. but I, I can't wait to be a dad here in the next few years. And to have that title is going to be so special to me. And I'll be, you know, so grateful, uh, you know, if my children are healthy and that's all I could ever ask for. So I appreciate your perspective on that. Um, Last few questions here, Drew. I ask them to everybody, yep. and I'm really interested in what you're going to say here because I think it might be oh, one right. of the most unique answers we've had here on on wealth science. Um, the <laughs> the first <laughs> the first one here: if you could solve any problem in the world, what would it be and why? Oh, that is a deep question, Jesse. I like it. Um, two things come to mind. Am I only allowed one? No, send it, dude. You're on the okay. stage. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, um, I would probably say, you know, something we've addressed, I would, uh, fiat money and money being backed by nothing. Um, and then, you know, basically the central, the fed central bank's ability to just print. Um, I think, you know, if people read into more of this, what you might find and is I, it's one of the greatest causes of wealth inequality right now in the world going on that, you know, money can just, it's basically Whoever's printing the money, whoever's closest to it is getting the most benefit. And then the, the little guy is the one who's losing, who can't save anything. Right. And, uh, and so you have people always talking about tax the rich and that'll fix it and all this stuff. And honestly, that's not what's going to fix it. It's the, it's uh, so for me, that's one of the biggest causes of poverty that's going on. Um, and you can look at graphs and statistics and find that out yourself. I won't, you know, I'm not going to share that all with people. Number two, I would say is fear. I think fear holds so many of us back, me, myself included. Um, even when I was sitting down to do, you know, goals for the new year, I can't tell you how many times 
fear came in and telling me I couldn't do something that I had in my mind that I, and, you know, and I can fear something to death. Right. And I think that's, and I can, I, I'm at least aware enough. I can work through it. I have, you know, a coach and my wife that helped me with that. But I think there's so many people who don't have that and who they just allow fear, you know, to stop them. And uh, I, I love Chip Gaines. He's a pretty silly guy. And he, I heard him say uh, once, like he asked his friends, you know, like what, what would your life look like if fear wasn't involved? Right. If fear wasn't a factor. Um, and that question has like really stuck with me because it's like, that's how our life should look right. Like without living just bold and without fear. So that was, so I had two, but that's mine. True. That was, that was amazing. That was incredible. I love that Chip Gaines quote too. It's so true and it's amazing. And even when I look at what it stopped me over the last few years from taking down bigger and bigger deals, it was like when I was 20 years old, like I just couldn't conceptualize taking down a hundred unit deal where now it's like we submit offers, you know, within hours on it. Yeah. It's like, it's just, I love that. If, if you didn't have fear, what would your life look like? It's so powerful. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that. You know, I really yeah. appreciate it. Um, last one, Drew White is living the perfect life. What does it look like? I mean, I'm living the perfect life right now, Let's right? Isn't the answer, isn't it? No, um, that's a really good question. That's my wife and I literally just talked about this last night about, you know, we have these dreams and aspirations but also learning to be like happy where you're at right now. And like the, everything, you know, we have, we have everything we need. Right. Um, but the perfect life, you know, I mean, I think we're designing it and I, I, my wife and I have talked about that lately. It's like, feels closer than we've ever been. Um, you know, but it's, I think we would travel maybe more, uh, with the family. Um, and we've really this past year made that a priority. Um, so, you know, traveling the world, visiting the beach a few more times. Um, and also for me, I'd have quite a few more real estate investments. So that's kind of, that's really my big, like big thing. And I think um, just being totally financially free with passive income, that's like, that's a huge one for me. Um, and, and that, you know, I, I'm really, really a big believer in that line that a, a blessed man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So um, that's, that's kind of like, you know, where I want to get to is like where I've left something for not just my kids, but my grandkids. So that would be, you know, that'd be perfect for me, but I don't know if I'll ever find perfect. I think we'll always just be growing though. Yeah. I love that. I just love how family oriented that answer was and how it scripted. I mean, I completely align with that. And it is, I think when I look at, you know, the perfect life, it's like, where can I just make money in my sleep? And like I said, you know, be with the people that I love every day, but I, I just, I, I don't want to gloss over it either. Just your point about just being thankful and grateful for where you're at, you know, being with the people you love now and having everything you need. So yeah, I mean, yeah. two amazing answers at the end here, Drew. <laughs> I can't thank you enough. I, I'm, I'm grateful we did this. It's going to add so much value to people out there. I want people to follow up with you. I know that you can help them, and especially in the infinite banking space. You know, where can people follow up with you? What platforms are you on? How can people get a hold of you after the show? Yeah, I would just head to my website, ibcdrew.com. Um, you can book a call with me. Um, I'll also give you my number, 402-515-2692. Just call me or text me. So, but yeah, it's really easy to book a call right on that top right corner of my website. I And IBC stands for Infinite Banking Concept Drew. So. Awesome. Drew, again, I, I can't thank you enough. Your story, you know, it's amazing how $150,000 in debt to wealth consulting and helping other people attain financial freedom. It's it's special what you're doing and just how many people that you're helping in this journey is, is pretty incredible. So I can't thank you enough for coming on Wealth Science today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I love what you're doing too, man, trying to help people uh, find financial freedom. So thank you. 
Yeah, absolutely, brother. Thanks again, and thanks for coming on Wealth Science. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Wealth Science Podcast. Take some time to subscribe and leave us a review. It really is the basis that helps us continue to bring on amazing guests each week. We have another incredible story to share next week, and I'm certain it's going to add value to this community. Please do not hesitate to reach out if there's anything I can do to help you in your journey of attaining financial freedom. Thank you again for listening, and we will see you next week.